Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Welcome to Episode 3. My name is Michael Howard, and with me this week, I have my colleagues Gladys Rodriguez, Sarah Young, and Mark Simos. And we have a special guest, Yuri Diogenes, to talk about Azure Security Center. So before we get started with Yuri, uh, let's start around the virtual table. And so, Mark, so what's been on uh, on your mind the last couple of weeks? What have you been working on, and what news uh, kind of took your fancy? So uh, a couple things. We've uh, we we finally got some uh, releases out that we were working on uh, pretty hard around uh, our cloud adoption framework, or CAF, as we like to refer to it. Um, so we got three uh, significant security articles in there. The first is kind of getting started, like how do you uh, get started with securing the cloud? Um, very kind of biased towards Azure, but you know, applicable to cloud in general. And the second one was around security strategy and mindset and kind of how do you, you know, kind of use the, the cloud and, and the advantages of the cloud and, and make sure you're adjusting your strategy and mindset to really take advantage of it. And then the third part was sort of the, uh, the people part, you know, so how are roles and responsibilities changing for security? As you go to the cloud, you have to secure this new platform, use the new generation of tools, et cetera. Um, so, you know, it came out really, really good. Not your typical technology fair, but is uh, it's something that um, we're, we're getting some really positive feedback on. So nice. So, um, Sarah, what have you what have you been up to the last couple of weeks and what news took, uh, took your interest? Well, I'm always very biased towards good old um, Azure Sentinel. You can now view incidents all together from different workspaces, which is going to be really cool for people who have more than one tenant or managed service providers. I think that's my most interesting thing, uh, new thing that has been released in the last couple of weeks. And then aside from that, of course, um, I, as you did, <laughs> passed my AZ500 exam. That was interesting. So for the listeners, it was interesting. We uh, we took the exam on the same week and didn't even know the other person was taking the exam either. So what are your thoughts on the exam, Sarah? It was definitely tough. Um, and I work in Microsoft security, you know, <laughs> every single day. Certainly, um, it's not just about knowing some facts um, and figures about the different products. It's, it's also about knowing how they interact with each other. So it's not, um, I wouldn't say in the grand scheme of things, a really, really long exam and, and arduous, but certainly you, you really need to know your stuff. Um, how did you find it? Yeah, I, I found it tough too. The main thing, the main bit of advice I would give people is read the questions really carefully. Sometimes you may, may be given an artifact, say some output from say PowerShell um, or some other dump like that read the output really carefully. I'm not trying to say people are trying to trip you up, but sometimes the devil's in the details and you've got to be really careful about the ordering of things. Also, learning service A is fine. Learning service B is fine. Learning service C is fine. But sometimes you have to know the interaction between those things from a security standpoint. Uh, and that's where I think I, I struggled a little bit because I couldn't remember some of the relationships between certain services. Do make sure you understand the relation, the security relationships between different services, because it's not just understanding individual islands, you know, that make up um, that make up Azure. I'll be honest, I'm I'm very happy to have the exam behind me, and I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Actually, I did have a funny thing happened. Actually, it wasn't funny at all. I started the, uh, you know, I logged on and I loaded up the the Pearson View application, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was about to start the exam, and all of a sudden it shut down and said there's some Adobe software running and you can't have it running. 
I'm like, I don't have any Adobe software running. Um, so I looked, and sure enough, in Task Manager, I could see I, I had some Adobe background updating software. So I had to go and kill it. So, of course, I killed it. Well, then you got Adobe crash management software coming up. Cause all sorts of heartache um, to get the exam running. But once I'd got that taken care of, then the, the exam was fine. So make sure, you know, one bit of advice, logistical advice, make sure you're, you know, you're running absolutely no software. Go into task manager and see if you've got something that looks, you know, like it may cause a problem and just, just kill the process. I also turned off all um, Windows alerts as well to make sure nothing sort of popped up while I was doing the exam. I think I think it's hilarious that you and I took the exam on the same week and didn't even know the other person was doing it. I also I also had very quickly I also had issues around when I was trying to launch it. It said I had still had software running the Pearson View um, application. Turns out for me it wasn't happy. Turns out that my webcam has some you know inbuilt software that was uh, running in the background that I had to kill on Task Manager. I didn't even know that that ran in the background. So there you go. Yeah. So anyway. If anyone wants to take it, um, there was a minor change on that, I believe, the 20th um, to do with the interaction between um, Azure Security Center and Azure Sentinel. Um, so you may have heard that the exam changed slightly, but that's basically the extent of the, of the change. So if anyone's taking it, best of luck. I probably spent close to 60 hours studying. I'll be I'll be up front with you. Um, and it was a, a lot of work. Uh, it, it's not an easy exam. And I'm, I'm a security guy, you know, so anyway, best of luck to everyone who, who's uh, looking at taking it. Gladys, over to you. So what news took your interest and uh, what have you been up to? Well, as I mentioned uh, last week, I am still working on that security operations uh, service uh, solution that um, Microsoft Services offers. I was trying to learn as much as possible uh, uh, for about CTA, and I found the uh, blueprints for CTA. Really a starting point uh, for implementing um, CTA in Azure. But a customer needs to know that CTA is a journey, not a destination. So there's more to do. Hey, can I ask a really dumb question? What's CPA? CTA? CTA. Yes. Zero trust. Oh, ZTA. I'm yes. sorry. It's Z uh, to you. Z to me. Z to me. Well, Z to Sarah. Z to Sarah. I, I've never actually heard it abbreviated to that. I'm going to have to Either add that right. to my, my list of acronyms. I know. Yeah, I've seen uh, ZTN or ZTN, ZTA. I've seen a couple different things. I haven't seen which one's going to sort of win in the acronym war, but uh, there's there's a few of them floating around. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it should be an acronym, man. I think it should be zero trust. Yeah. I agree, but I think our industry has very strong habits. <laughs> I think you're right. Anything else, Gladys? Mainly uh, learning how they interconnect together. So actually, uh, you were talking about interconnection as part of your test earlier. This is uh, really important uh, in zero trust, uh, the interconnection between tools, because we are bringing different signals together. And one of the things that I found out is that Microsoft has this uh, Microsoft Intelligence Security Association where vendors like Palo Alto, Aruba Networks, uh, Adobe uh, are partnering together in order to build this unified type of schema and query. So a product can interoperate together and send signals. Uh, so it makes the verifications even better. Thanks for that, Gladys. So last week or so, I've been up uh, working, uh, still doing my work with the healthcare organization, onboarding some PHI personal healthcare information into Azure. 
which has now led me down the, the path of doing um, some custom crypto work uh, in Python. And I'll say a couple of things. First of all, it's been a while, like it's been about a year since I did any any Python work. And it's really kind of nice actually getting back to Python. But the reason why I enjoy getting back to Python isn't because of Python, it's because of Visual Studio Code. That editor is just fantastic. It's just an amazing editor and it's got really good Python support. So that made sort of me getting back up to speed again on Python really, really straightforward. The other thing, um, I was doing quite a bit of PCI work to payment card industry, DSS, uh, with a, a large customer, um, and they're looking at certifying individual Azure components. That's interesting because the vast majority of Azure services are certified as being compliant with PCI, but there's there's more to it than that, right? You can't just say, okay, here's Azure Vault, for example. You gotta make sure the right buttons are pressed and the right knobs are tweaked and so on and so forth. So we're sort of going through that, that process right now. It's all good stuff. Um, on the news front, um, the big one that took my interest this week was an announcement at Build that Azure Front Door has now got a new rules engine added to it. So Front Door literally, as the name suggests, can be a front door into Azure for your solutions that sit behind that front door. But this uh, new rules engine is, is really pretty cool from an application security standpoint. Uh, everything from enforcing the use of HTTPS, which is a bit of a no-brainer, really, but also things like uh, implementing um, HTTP uh, security headers. So, for example, uh, HTTP strict transport security, um, cross-site scripting protection uh, header, uh, content, content security policy, uh, frame options, access control, allow origin headers, all these other security-related headers. You can force those uh, policies around those. URL rewriting, uh, basically the whole nine yards, really. So that's in preview right now. Um, like everything else that's been discussed so far, there will be notes on the website. Um, so you can uh, take a look at everything that um, everyone has talked about so far. Also, I'd like to bring up, we got a comment um, on Reddit uh, about the opening sequence to the podcast, the voice, more, more importantly. And the comment comes from, and, I, and I'm probably really making a, a mess of the person's name, um, Teron Gowans, who made this uh, comment, says, I hope the use of the default Windows speech for the intro was intended and not just laziness, because I thought it was brilliant. Well, first of all, thank you for saying it was brilliant. And actually, it wasn't laziness at all. In fact, it was the exact opposite of laziness. I had to go above and beyond to, to actually do it. And it's actually not the default Windows speech either. Um, I actually used uh, Azure Cognitive Services text-to-speech using one of the neural voices, uh, so if you've not played around with the cognitive services, they've got things like emotion or intent in in text. They've got text analytics, uh, face recognition, facial recognition, speech to text, text to speech. It's actually really cool stuff. I'll actually uh, upload the source code that I that I wrote to do it uh, to GitHub. So with that, I'd like to cut over and change from the news and what we've been up to to talk to to Yuri. So Yuri, do you want to give us a brief uh, overview of what you do at Microsoft, how long you've been at Microsoft? Sure. Thanks, Mike, and everyone else for having me here today. Uh, I've been at Microsoft for 14 years and a half, basically. <laughs> I started in uh, 2006 here in uh, CSS security in Texas, um, back in the day supporting ISA server. And nowadays I work with uh, Azure Security Center as part of the uh, CXE PM team dedicated to security center all the time and actually i've been working with security center for the past five years because before joining my current role i was actually the 
technical writer for Azure Security Center team. So when the team was created, I started that team uh, writing the technical articles for Security Center. And then I moved to be a PM on, on the CXE. Now you, you wrote a book on Security Center, right? Yeah, it's on the second edition now. Yeah, we, nice. we did one last, last year, uh, the first edition, and then we have the second edition now. Um, so yeah, that, that's a... Uh, something that we're probably going to have to update every year at least. Yeah, yeah. And you've also got another book in the works, right? Yes. Right now, working on the AZ500 uh, with Orin Thomas. Orin Thomas is, uh, he, he lives in Australia, I think. Um, and um, he has been uh, at Microsoft for, I'm not sure exactly how many times, but he work in many certification books. He wrote probably around 40 books uh, around certifications and things like that. This is going to be my first uh, certification related book. All the others that I that I wrote before were more on the technology itself. Uh, but it's been a good experience because it's really hard uh, to write a certification book uh, where you do not you give enough tips uh, to make people conscious about the type of things that they should expect on the exam, but you don't give it too much, right? So it, right. it, it needs to be just very precise on on the tips. Nice. Yeah, you don't want to give the game away, right? Like here's right. all the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to um, Azure Security Center. So I'm going to be honest with you, Yuri. So when it first came out about five-ish years ago, I remember my first comment or my first thought was, oh, that. That's kind of cute. But now my view has completely changed. I mean, I think it's fair to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's fair to say that Security Center really is a critical cornerstone for anyone who's running on Azure. Is that a fair absolutely. statement? Yeah, absolutely. It's a must-have, even if you are only going to utilize the free-tier capabilities. You, you must have. It's a, it's a free assessment environment for all your Azure workloads. Uh, so there is no reason why not utilize. You have basically secure recommendations as part of the free tier that we will allow you to just enhance your overall secure posture. That actually segues beautifully into a couple of questions. So the first one is, when would someone make the decision to go from the free tier to the standard tier? What's the inflection point? So the, the whole secure hygiene, think of the secure hygiene as the proactive work, things that you need to do in order to enhance your secure posture, to make sure that you are being diligent, uh, addressing all the secure recommendations. So if you've done all the proactive work. This does not mean that you are 100% secure. It only means that you reduce the attack surface, that you address all the recommendations, and you increase your secure posture. But the question now is, how do you really know if someone is trying to attack your environment? And you don't know if you don't have the threat detection, right? You need threat detection for the different workloads. And you need to have threat detection specifically for that type of workload. So if you are monitoring a storage account, you need to have analytics for the storage account. If you are monitoring a key vault, you need analytics for the key vault. So the threat intel must be specific to that workload. Then that's when it justify having this standard tier because now you have all the threat detections capabilities for the different workloads. So now you are covering not only the protection part of the secure posture, but also the detection. And on top of that, you also have all the response capabilities, the workflow automation, other things that you can add on top of that uh, to make sure that not only you are detecting, but you are taking actions quickly to remediate. Yeah, actually, it's funny you should bring up the... Uh you know, having sort of workflow solutions. Um, I set up 
as I was experimenting for my AZ500, I set up um, some alerts coming out of Azure Security Center, just get used to the workflow of it. One evening, it was pretty late at night, it was like around midnight, and I just finished experimenting with something, I just deployed something. I was about to head to bed, and all of a sudden, my phone just started blowing up, all these text messages coming in. And my wife's like, um, it's midnight, who's, who's blowing up your phone? And I said, it's actually Azure is blowing up my phone. It's Azure Security Center basically pinpointing all the mistakes that I've made, um, deploying some of these um, some of the Azure services. And so um, I would say probably of the six or seven messages I've got, three I really had to go in and change. Um, so, yeah, you're right. You know, part of that workflow is, is actually pretty nice, even if it is at midnight. So the other question I often get, that's I probably I probably get this more often than when should I, you know should someone flip from the free version to the standard version, and that is okay. So now we have Azure Sentinel. Correct. So what's the relationship between Security Sentinel and Sentinel? And why do I need both, or do I need both? Yeah, that's a remi- that reminds me actually of uh, an event that happened as soon as we released Sentinel GA, and I remember Sarah tweeted a meme that hurts really my feelings uh, uh, when she tweeted that meme about Secure Center in Sentinel. Um, oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know I'm talking I, about, right? <laughs> I did, you do remember that I did say this is untrue, Yuri, on yeah, but you, Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was <laughs> funny, I, I though. It was funny. Yeah. It was. Yeah. But anyway, when people ask this question, it's really a matter of education, right? Because Sentinel is a sin platform. Sentinel is the, it should be the location where you're going to do all the data ingestion coming from different data sources. And Secure Center is just another data source. So all the threat intel that comes from Secure Center is very unique. You're not going to have that threat intel about uh, storage account, about key vault, about VM threat detection if you do not have Secure Center. So saying that I have Sentinel, I don't need Secure Center, you are really ignore not only all the threat intel that Secure Center provides, but you are also misleading the perception that Secure Center is comparable to Sentinel, and it is not. Secure Center fits into something that we call CSPM, Cloud Security Posture Management Platform. So according to Gartner, there are two major platforms, CSPM for Cloud Security, CSPM and CWPP. So Secure Center fits on both because it does have capabilities for posture management and workload protection. I think about it is, you know, the, the the part of Azure Security Center that does the threat detection response um, is just like an EDR or or a CASB that does threat detection or or an identity threat detection or a you know email threat detection. It's a data source, you know, whereas Sentinel is that sort of broad aggregator as opposed to the to the deep detection that knows the resource well. Yeah, so so we just think of Security Center as another data source for Sentinel because this is actually what it is. It's another data source where Sentinel is going to do the data correlation, as Mark said. So this week was, uh, or last week was build. There were some announcements out of Azure Security Center. Do you want to explain to our listeners just some of those uh, some of those announcements or the key announcements? Yeah, sure. I think uh, one of the uh, the features that uh, really was personally important to me because I first started working with this feature with the our developer teams in Israel back in January last year uh, when we start working on the scenarios that needs to be covered the alert suppression so our we received a lot of feedback from our customers that will be interesting to be able to suppress alerts in other words so 
I have uh, a red team on my environment, and I know that this red team is using some tools to do pen tests. Therefore, Security Center is going to flag those alerts. And I know that everything that comes from that supposed IP address, I know that it's part of the red team and they are doing some stuff. And I know that those alerts are false positive. So it will be interesting to have the capabilities to flag those alerts as false positive and suppress. So to, to avoid noise, basically, right? Uh, and we were receiving tons of feedback on that. And, uh, and now the feature is available in public preview. So you're going to be able to do alert suppression. So that's an excellent feature. Very long wait for many customers. The other one was the Secure Score API. So in Secure Center, you have something called the Secure Score, right? Which is a lot of for large organizations, they are already using the Secure Score as their main KPI for uh, secure posture management uh, in Azure environment. So the way they utilize is, okay, I want to see how I'm evolving over time. How is my infrastructure is getting more secure? So let's use this number, this secure score, which is available for each subscription to make sure that we are tracking progress and, and growing and improving our posture. Ideally, the best secure score, which is a question that I get a lot, is what is the best secure score? Is 66% good, 70% good? No, 100% is good and is the ideal number. It's the same thing as you have an alarm at your house that is that has five sensors and each sensor is a door, and now you have three uh, uh, that are green and two that are red. Is this a good number? No, because you have two doors that are open, right? So secure sense is the same thing. If you have a secure score that is 80%, yeah, that is okay, but you should always aim to 100% uh, because that's you've been diligent in remediating everything. So the question that customers were asking is, how can I track over time the improvement of the secure score? Can I extract that number via uh, API, for example. And uh, until last week, we didn't have a way to do that via API. So the API is basically a get request, get this number, which is the secure score, and then you can store that number in any way uh, that you want. So we are building some automations for our GitHub already, some sample automations that is going to use Logic Apps. So you can have a Logic App running every day that we would do the get request for that number via API, and we'll store that number in log analytics, for example. So by the end of the month, you have all days collected and you can create your chart to see how you progress. As long as you're trending upwards and you're not regressing, right. I suppose that's a that's right. a main thing, yeah. So I've got to ask you this question. So I mentioned at the very beginning that, you know, when Azure Security Center first came out, I thought it was kind of cute. And then, you know, it's now become this, this critically important components uh, within Azure, made up of a lot of features. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts that make up Azure Security Center. So I've got to ask you the question. Do you have a, like a favorite feature that you have in Security Center? I personally really like our threat detections, uh, our, our alerts, our capabilities, <laughs> not only from the uh, IAS scenario for VMs, but also for PaaS. And I can tell you that usually this is the number one reason customers upgrade from the free to the standard because they start, you know, it's a 30 days free trial. So what I always encourage is go ahead and enable standard, do a POC, test, validate. We have simulations on our GitHub repository <coughs> that you can simulate an attack uh, or ask your red team to pen test and, and, and try to simulate uh, some attacks, right? 
uh, and see how uh, Secure Sentinel is going to trigger the alerts. So personally, threat detection to me is is the the best one. When I was doing my AZ500, I, there was a scenario that you had on, on your blog, like basically how to simulate an attack um, and watch it get triggered inside of Azure Security Center. And that was, that was really cool. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I saw real attacks coming in, but it was interesting to do it all in a controlled manner to see mm-hmm. exactly what was going on and watching the workflow happen rather than just waiting for some you know, spotty-nosed kid to come and try to attack your system. Yes, yeah. So I've got to tell you, so my, fav- my favorite feature is actually not even a feature at all, and that's the UI. There's a lot of data underneath there. There's a lot of stuff you can mine. And, you know, historically, when you've got so much data, it can be really hard to get to the stuff that, that matters. You've got all this fluff all around you. But I found that the Security Center UI allows me to get to stuff that I really care about really quickly. Uh, and sometimes I don't even know exactly how I got there. But I, for some reason, I magically ended up at the exact kind of data I needed. And I think my, my hat's off to the people who have designed the UI. So please, you know, tell them that because I think they've done a fantastic job there. That could have been very cluttered. It could have been very hard to navigate, but it's the exact opposite. It's nicely yeah. laid out and easier to get to the stuff that I really care about. The UI folks in, in Israel, they are there. Uh, we'll be very happy with that. And I have good news. We're going to get even better because we are coming up with a feature which should be in public preview pretty soon, which is the inventory. So you're going to be able to do some amazing things in the UI as far as search and cross-search as well for the different resources. Cross-search between alerts and recommendations, quite amazing. Uh, it's coming pretty soon. So the last one is, so if you had like one thing you had to tell customers, Azure customers, that they should really look at, things they should go do now, then what would be on that list? First of all, make sure that you are addressing those recommendations, right? Uh, I've seen lots and lots of examples of customers that they enable security center and they just do not remediate, right? Or they just look at the low hanging fruits and everything else that is a little bit more difficult to remediate, they just let it go. Keep in mind that this is a true statement of the assessment of your environment. There is absolutely no reason to not address those. So make sure to have process in place to work with the workload owners because that's another challenge. Many times the team that manages Security Center is not the same team that manages the workload itself. So the team that manages Security Center does not have privilege to remediate the workload. I've seen that a lot. For example, you have vulnerabilities on a SQL database, but you are not the database owner, so you cannot remediate. That's why we, we launched the workflow automation feature to make sure that you can create out some automations to set notifications to the uh, workload owners. So the number one the number one thing is make sure that you visit Security Center, goes to go to the recommendations and start remediating those so that your security score is going to go up. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, Yuri, because uh, in the Azure Top 10 best practices that uh, I worked on, as well as in our um, in some of the getting started guidances and the CAF that I mentioned that exact best practice of make sure someone owns this and someone is responsible and accountable for making that score go up is one of the top things we highlight because knowing you have a problem is great but it doesn't solve it (laughs) exactly yeah exactly accountability is important a great point making sure that someone is responsible for that just the sheer visibility you get into into the issues i mean it's one thing having an issue and it's something else knowing you have an issue and it's even something more doing something about it and Azure Security Center not only raises the fact that you have issues, it makes it 
pretty straightforward to actually go and make you know, make the remediation actionable. It's not like you have to be a rocket scientist in many cases to go and remediate some of these issues. And, and, and some of them even some of them even have a remediate now button, right? Yeah, the quick fix. I think that the the challenge for for the most part in large at least in large organizations is really the teams. Sometimes, as I said, the teams are not uh, the same. The same that manage Azure and the same that manage the workload. So there is also something a little bit higher that needs to be uh, aligned between uh, the management layer to make sure that, as Mark said, they they are accountable to make those things happen and make sure that they have someone watching the secure score and be accountable to improve it. I know for, for a fact, I'm certainly going to, going to be keeping an eye on my secure score because I'll, I'll be honest, it's pretty bad in some of my <laughs> subscriptions. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Anyway, look, thank you so much, Yuri. You know, I've, I've often referred to you with customers as um, Mr. Security Center, and I think you've you continue to uh, to promote that uh, that persona. I really appreciate the, the work that you've done in the product. I think it's a fantastic product. I love it. So this brings episode three to a close. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, uh, please feel free to go ahead to our uh, website or over to Twitter. Uh, there'll be information after this. And with this, with that, I bid everyone adieu. Thank you, Gladys. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Mark. And thank you again, Yuri. Uh, everyone stay safe and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, please find us on Twitter at Azure SecPod. Background music is from ccmixer.org and licensed under the Creative Commons license.